Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, the voice of hope and healing. And thank you for joining us. First, I want to thank our sponsor, The Mindful Lab, for making this show possible. The Mindful Lab can help transform your life through the practice of mindfulness. Learn more at www.mindfullab.net. And as a reminder, if you have any suggestions or comments for me, please contact me at contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we have an amazing show for you. I've been so excited about this show. Our guest is Belle Barbu, who was kidnapped from a Romanian hospital when she was born. She was sold into an orphanage that trafficked children into sexual slavery. Years later, she was able to escape that living hell and build a new life. She found our Savior, Jesus Christ, who healed her soul and transformed her life. She also prepared herself to be able to help others. Her story is incredible. Belle is here with us today to tell her inspiring story. So prepare yourself for an emotional roller coaster. I already have my tissues ready to go. This will move and inspire you to the core. So without further ado, please welcome Belle Barbu to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome, Belle. Good Thank morning. <laughs> Good morning. Belle's on the other side of the country, so it's actually afternoon for her. <laughs> so we, yeah. we have been looking very forward to this um, story. We, it's so touching. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to visit with you. When I watched your video that you did um, on the Underground Railroad with Tim Ballard, my heart, I was just sobbing. My heart was so touched by what was going on with you and your family and even your adoption stories and, and just finding, finding Christ and finding your birth family and all, all of these things. And you and I have talked quite a bit about every single step of your life has been an emotional roller coaster. It's like, and, and now you're on another one as you're preparing and putting yourself in a position to share that story so I commend you for doing that. We're finding so many people, as you know, out there that are in similar situations or that know of somebody or that are still in this situation and don't know how to get out of it or what to do. So there's so much involved in what has happened in your life. And I'm just so grateful that you are willing to come on and talk with us and share your story. So without further ado, because I could talk all day, um, that's why I do what I do. I want to hear your story from the very beginning, if you don't mind. And I know this is very tender for you. And you have said you're going to sh just be open and share because somebody out there needs to hear the story. So we're going to go take you back to your birth. Isn't that crazy? Let's take you back and, <laughs> and start telling your story. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, just, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to want to share sometimes because it's like um, a lot of people, I think, in these positions doubt that it's it's real enough to step out and step step away almost. 
Um, but yeah, so I was born to a very humble family. <laughs> in uh, They were in Romania. And so at the time, and they were really poor. I got a lot of this um, information kind of backwards. So I lived a lot, most of my life, not really knowing anything. And then when I was 25, like, everything hit the fan, as they say. Different yeah. phrase, but, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, hit the fan uh, works. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, was, it, um, it has been an emotional roller coaster, but so liberating. And so, anyways, they were actually living in a tent. They were so poor, and wow. they were working as uh, migrant workers in a field. And so um, my mom is telling me through a translator that she was working while pregnant with me, even, you know, bending over in those hot fields, mm. um, most like 12 hour days. And uh, sometimes they would get paid. That's what she was telling me. Mm. And um, gosh, I just kind of had a flashback of her telling me that and just holding my hand. But um, it was crazy. And then, um, I don't know how she got to the hospital. I don't know if she had her other children um, at home or in the hospital. But for me, I ended up in the hospital with her. And um, I don't know all the details yet. I'm still working on it because it's, uh, I think it's hard for me being the mother and going through this because she's had a very, she's had a very sad life. Um, Even though she still finds joy and hope and things, but it's very different from our world I feel like but anyways um the the doctors from what I'm gathering told her that she had some complications with me um either that I had like a a smaller heart or something it wasn't strong enough or that I just came out too early and that they needed to keep me um but in reality I think I was a pretty healthy baby to make it through the orphanage as long as I did because mm. um, I still wasn't healthy when I made it through. But um, people, kids don't make it through sometimes. Right. Um, and so anyways, they kept me. Um, I think she she told me that she could, she saw me. I don't know if they even let her hold me. And they took me away. And uh, my dad still had to work. So she was alone in the hospital. Mm. Um there's a lot of side notes, but a side note right. is I did some research myself. And um, even in Romania, they're very, because uh, I don't want to bring politics into it, but they're very like, there's class, there's classes. Right. <laughs> and so they were on the low end of it. Um, and so they're known as gypsies. And even like the inner parts of Romania, they're, they're nice. They're like good parts of America. And, where they lived, I mean, they were in a tent. And so um, I think the doctors and probably I'm thinking some of the police officers were involved in this trafficking case. And they were like, oh, mm. she's a healthy baby. Let's get her. We can uh, we can make some good money off of it. And so then I don't really know what happened to my mom. I think they basically sent her home that day. And so she probably had to wait. Who knows, even if she had to stay in the hospital to wait while my dad came and got her after his long shift. And then um, I was taken to this orphanage and through a lot a of brand life. new baby. I just, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's devastating actually. Right. Um, and so it's kind of amazing 
Um, I believe that children are very protected when they're in very abusive situations. Mm. Um, I used to be uh, very upset at myself that I couldn't remember those parts. And then when I was actually about 19 or 20, I had a flashback and I remembered a ton of stuff, very vivid. I knew exactly where I was and stuff like that. And I've read about other people having that and they could actually get themselves to their location that they're in. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. But anyways, so I knew now kind of backtracking again, that stuff had happened to me. And then through just random, not random, but through people that God put in my life, um, that I was put into a couple of different orphanages and that bad, bad stuff was happening to us. In Romania. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, like doctors, I mean, police officers, they have to be involved a little bit to help them understand how to get the documentation in a way that they can't get caught. So what they did actually, there's still a lot, just like for the viewers, there's a lot of stuff that I'm still figuring out. That's actually almost why I was like, let's, let's cancel. I don't have this cemented yet. <laughs> so I'm happy I didn't. But, um, this is very raw. This is very, yeah. very raw for you, isn't it? You're just really starting yeah. to tell your story as things are coming back to you and flashbacks are happening. And, and the reality of what you went through is really starting to settle in. So for our listeners yeah. out there, <laughs> she has been willing to come on here very, very raw. So, so we're very blessed. Anyway, go ahead and continue. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so basically... Um, through some of like, there's different parts in my life. I'm only 26. So it's been a year since I've met my birth family. I remember having, um, things pop up, but I didn't know, I'm going to be real, like they're, um, kids that are sexually abused or so physically abused have, I, I call them ticks, And so they have behaviors that are not seen as much or as they say abnormal right. i don't like the word normal because there is no baseline really i think right. for a human to be put into um but anyways i uh yeah started, what's normal <laughs> right right yeah it's different for you and me and right. so um anyways i started realizing as i got older just doing a lot of reflection that i had those takes and it wasn't until after I served um, a mission for the church, I was, uh, I actually, I like I had a companion that was really abusive. So it flushed out yeah. a lot of stuff for me. And uh, my mission president was inspired. And anyways, it's crazy how all these things in my life pointed to, you know, like, uh, you got to get some therapy, you got to get this figured out. And it was only because of that brief moment of abuse. But <laughs> it was like... It triggered everything, though, didn't it? It took yeah. me to the root. And I yeah. remember um, that's how it started this journey. And so it's been interesting. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping around, the, around <laughs> so I'm sorry. It's all right. But, we'll go back and catch it all eventually. <laughs> yeah. And so um, basically, I because of the more present things that happened, I, it helped me, you know, get to the root. And there's a therapy that really helped me with that. And I, I think some of these lessons, I was trying to figure out what you guys want to know. And I think right. you want to know details. 
and also what worked for me. Right. Um, a lesson that I've learned, and I am probably being gifted the chance and the time to figure this out now before I have my own family, is to keep working through stuff even when you think you're good. Like mm-hmm. keep going with the therapy and keep uh, keep a support system. Um, try to keep reaching out even when you feel like you're absolutely alone. Um, just keep trying. <laughs> right. And uh, so... Anyways, there's been a lot of time in my life where I felt very isolated and alone. Mm. And um, I was kind of wondering why I felt like that recently. I felt like I didn't have friends, all this stuff. And I think um, we talk about God. And so I, I think there, there's a Satan and the bad side of people that just have a negative or just a mean meanness to them i don't even know how to explain it but like exactly evil evil <laughs> there's yeah. evil amongst us there all over and so that is like one of the biggest things if you can um if you can kind of like be a detective and figure out how the evil gets to you or how he picks you apart then you can build your armor stronger in those parts and so isolation i think is a huge thing especially for mental health even physical like People are definitely, studies have shown a lot that people, they don't do good when they just have to do it by themselves. And so huge support system would be good. And so. And I'm glad you brought that up right now because that's what everybody's been dealing with for this last year, year and a half is the isolation. You know, no matter how hard we've tried and we want to be out there and amongst and help and doing everything, we've really had to stop and go, okay, Heavenly Father, what can I do? because we can't go out and be around people. We're able to now, but, but I believe everything happens for a reason, just like your companion, right? Your companion out there that was abusive to you, that triggered you to be able to step back and go, whoa, okay. Because you've probably buried it so deep <laughs> that you didn't even realize how far deep it was, and you probably still don't. You know, and, that, and it's beautiful that you're coming out and sharing and expressing that with people because – I know for me, there was a lot of stuff that went on in my life and still to this day, things will trigger me. And I'm like, dang, where did that come from? Why all yeah. of a sudden am I bawling? You know, cause it was something that triggered that happened to me previously. So I can only imagine with your situation, <laughs> what's, what's triggering and happening. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely not to be like dramatic or anything, but if it weren't for the savior, and their Heavenly Father, I wouldn't be here. Going through, as they say, the work, I don't even know if I like that, but really taking the time to emotionally figure out yourself is so important. And I was kind of forced to, but also I know like I had my agency (laughs) to choose. But I mean, it took me to dark, dark places, like, you know, to the point of just – suicide i was um, right. i was isolated when i had that flashback i had my first adopted family which will tie back to my story okay <laughs> is, we'll uh, get there um they were you know in the beginning when they adopted me i think they knew that they were too far in to quit but i think the doctor in america was actually tied to the they call them chains of traffickers mm-hmm. 
um, in Romania. And it's not just Romania, but Romania has been underrated with trafficking for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's interesting because through things recently that I'm still in contact with some people from my first family, it kind of proves that there was something they knew something was up and they had to rush out as soon as they got me and like that's just that doesn't happen (laughs) in a a good legit legal adoption right and so I think what I was trying to say too is like why I said that the police or the government was involved because they knew that if they changed my birthday didn't really matter about my name Mm. that which is such a huge miracle but they didn't change my name because that's how I found my family it was because of Barbu. So I like want to get Barbu etched somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's going to be a family name. Um, when I get married, we'll see what happens, but <laughs> right. it's, it's amazing. Carry that with you. Right. Yeah. They changed my birthday and they, they do that to a lot of people, but they usually change their name too. But mm. the birthday, I mean, you use that for everything. And right. so it's kind of interesting, but anyways, that family done a lot of, uh, processing with that and I probably have a lot more to go but it got to the point where it was so toxic and stuff that I literally had to run away slash then they kind of it, it got really messy basically but they were very abusive and I think it was just because during that family they didn't have the support that they needed to bring in such a a child and I won't ever say that the child has problems or that it's broken. We know the child's been through stuff, but it's like when you adopt, you really have to have a mindset almost of the worst scenario. So you're ready to help really love and help that child develop. Because if you love them, I think I've learned that with like even animals or plants. Mm -hmm. Like if you pour love into it, it's going to grow on its own time and they're going to come to you and they're going to, they're going to blossom. And so, that I think was the root of why it got so crazy and that they knew that they were doing wrong in the beginning. Um, but I think a lot about intention, mm. especially with like, why did I want to share this? It's not really for me. It's for you guys. And to hopefully that you guys exactly. get little golden glimpses of healing for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, through that time of going through um, there's a lot more things that happened. I found out just the part that I'm like nervous to say, cause I haven't really fully admitted it to a lot of people. Now y'all get to hear it <laughs> but, right here. Um, I know that there's a lot more things that happened during the night um, of abuse and that things were just with your it, adoptive family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to talk about trafficking but also the domestic violence. And then even just like, um, it's going to sound horrible, but a lot of people, I think, think because you're like a Latter-day Saint or you're, you know, Baptist or like you're a part of a religion per se, that um, stuff doesn't happen. Mm. And I've learned very painfully that just because you claim something doesn't mean that you're really that. Like, you got to feel it. You got to act it. Um, actions, I always think and believe, speak louder than words. Like, Absolutely. you can say, I love you to your blue in the face. But if your actions show it, then that's, like, where the healing really happens. 
And, so, and I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people need to re- realize that that the core of your belief, your gospel belief, your belief in Christ, your belief in Jesus, your belief in a heavenly father or God is not necessarily the same as a human reaction or action. There's they're human over here, but God is God and he is true and he always will be. And Christ is too. What people choose to do over here is their choice. It doesn't have to, it's not God telling them to do it. (laughs) It's their choice. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Agency is huge. And I've yet again, just recently learned about agency that um, is not God or the savior. Unfortunately, I think they wish they could take the agency away, but that's like exactly what they're fighting for is our freedom. Right. And so, yeah, it was interesting because another thing that I've learned, and I know more like celebrities, which I like love and sometimes don't because people can't relate to them. Right. But they're saying the same things we're saying. It's like, you know, if you're born in a home that's abusive or that, you know, is just not, not helping you grow, it's almost like you help them more than they're helping you. Cause I think it's a give and take. Right. Um, but especially like if you're the child, there's like, you need to be a child. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because you keep attracting it or that's what you keep going to. Mm-hmm. And you just keep finding people that are like the first people. Um, Cause it's what you know, right? Exactly. It's what you know. So, so that until you can change that, that's what your attraction is to. It yeah. just comes to you. And um, I know like Paris Hilton was just, she's been recently coming out with a lot of stuff. And I feel like I've been, um, I guess, vibing with her because it's her life's been interesting, but it makes sense. And she's sharing all this. I'm like, of course that makes sense why she's done what she's done. Right. And she explains it very well, actually. And, um, even with like Elizabeth Smart, she uh, said in her book, I don't know, probably going to butcher that, but it was like somewhere she has said that like she was so thankful that she didn't have a love for her captor, like that she mm. didn't have, it wasn't a family member that she had to look at every day. And I thought oh, about wow. that and I was like, well, that's the difference. Okay. Interesting. I, I yeah. struggle with that probably almost every day Mm -hmm. um of being like why can't i just go back why can't i just have it like how it was you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. that bad i didn't die you know whatever (laughs) and like those are the thoughts that i have and it's like heavenly father's like no nope that's this good like it's gonna get better it's gonna get better so okay i want to stop you right there because we're going to go to our first break and when we come back i want you to talk about that because there's a lot of people in very abusive situations that just stay in them because what you're saying it's going to get better it's going to get better or go from one to the other to the other to the other and your situation i mean you didn't choose that that was given to you as a as a brand newborn baby but going through your process and things triggering going oh Maybe that's not what was supposed to happen, or maybe that's not really what life is supposed to be like, or maybe maybe there is something different, you know, and, and having to process that. I just can't even imagine being raised your whole life and then all of a sudden going, 
whoa, that wasn't how it was supposed to be <laughs> at yeah. all. So let's take our first break and then we come back. Oh, I guess we still have a minute or two, but um, I want I want to come back and talk a little bit more about that because I think there's a lot of people in this situation that are in, that are stuck. And I do want to go back a little bit more because I want to find out, and I'm going to ask you this real quick before I go to the break because I keep wanting to ask you this. How old were you when you were taken out of the trafficking situation and adopted into a, another horrific situation? How old were you when you were when you were adopted the first time? I was two, but technically oh, two. it was three, which... Because um, your birth date was changed. Right. So I got a year back, whoop, whoop. <laughs> fix some stuff. But um, something interesting, like with my studies that I've learned is like from other people, like I've worked with some other trafficking groups, people, babies, when they get past the year mark, it starts getting very, uh, the numbers just drop with the success rate of staying alive and making it, especially in the trafficking world. And so two is actually old in an orphanage. I mean, there's there's five year olds and stuff, but I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. So, okay, that comment just kind of blew my mind right there. So we're gonna yeah. on on that comment. We're gonna stop for a minute. We're gonna go take our first our break, and we'll be back. Do not miss the rest of the show. I, I can't wait. So just be with us. Pause for a moment and be back in just a moment. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Many of us are finding ourselves distracted by what's going on in the world around us today. We find ourselves discontent with our circumstances, with what we have and how we feel about ourselves. And we find ourselves disconnected from those that matter most to us. If this sounds all too familiar, check out MindfulLab.net and see how the practice of mindfulness can change your life today. Powerful programs are available to help you find clarity, connection, and peace at MindfulLab.net. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, everyone. We are having an incredible conversation with Belle Barbu. She, we're going to just recap her story really quickly. As a brand new infant, her family were gypsies working in the fields, living in a tent. When her mother went to the hospital to have her, she assumed, presumably, that she was a good, healthy baby. She was told 
that the baby had died. And in what really happened was Bell was taken and put in an orphanage that was a trafficking orphanage for infants. And I just got goosebumps because that just is, blows my mind that that's even a possibility. But apparently that, I mean, that goes on all over the world. And this was in Romania when she was three, they did change her birth date and everything like that. But when she was three, she was adopted into a family here in the States that worked through this trafficking organization. Am I correct? Um, and it did not go well for her as a child. And she's, she's just been in the last year or so really understanding, trying to start to understand what really happened to her. And now because of all of this, she is really stepping out of her comfort zone and into a new world, being able to be on this show with us to help anybody else that's out there listening that has either been in a trafficking situation or an abusive situation or knows of somebody or needs to have direction and help. And she has found God. She's found Christ. She is just having all sorts of amazing, even difficult situations, but everything is helping her to come to the reality of what happened and how she can help. So in the break, she said she needed to share something, which I mean, we could go on and on and on for hours, but I'm going to turn the time back over to you because we want to hear what you have to say. Perfect. Well, thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my voice. Actually, I wrote down some bullet points. Awesome. Um, we kind of left off of just like how hard it is to leave. And um, I was telling, I was going to share this online, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was just saying how scared um, my, my innards get. Like I'm actually like almost shaking. Like I have like a clammy sweat going on, even though right. I feel like I've been gifted a lot of mental clarity to and stability to get through this. Because mm. um, I actually had a Romanian, he was adopted, but he, his life will never be the same because he went through that stuff in the beginning, but he had a really solid family now. And so who, is that you're, who is that you're referring to? Um, I won't mention his name, but he's adopted out of... Another out of adoptee that was out of there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just know that he mentally just didn't make it. He was pretty normal, and then he had a snapping point. He didn't, like, go crazy. He did go kind of crazy, but he didn't, like, get violent or anything. But he just, like, mentally almost went to a childlike place, and he can't get out of it. Mm. And... um so anyways, when people try to talk about it, they're so scared. That's why they won't, you know, I committed to God that if I go, this is how I'm going to go, sharing my story. <laughs> Someone that's wants beautiful. to take my life for it. That's um, that's between them and God. Like they're going to figure that one out. Right. But that is a legit fear. I think there's a lot of them out there that want to step forward and want to be brave, but they literally know that they're – they, their lives could be taken. Right. Um, something else that I remember a lot, because when I was in the first family, I actually tried running away a couple times. Mm. Uh, but my How old were you? Uh, when I, they adopted you when you were three, right? How long did you stay? When, I mean, obviously yeah. you knew right immediately things weren't right. right? It or took did me you? a while. Well, I was pretty young when I, I think 
I think I've been gifted emotional intelligence. I don't know mm-hmm. how to say that, but I just was very aware of my emotions at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And that um, I didn't, I didn't get the love that I, I knew I needed. Like other friends of the family would just cuddle and hold me. And I was like, well, I don't get this, you know? And I think that first adopted person that got me, I don't even call her mother anymore, but I'm grateful for her sacrifice. Just, she got burnt out. Her intentions weren't set clear and strong mm-hmm. enough that she couldn't do it. And she didn't have the Lord on her side. She didn't know him or mm. probably, I think, believe in him. And so, anyway. Trying to do it on her own. Yeah. And, I mean, I do, too. I, mm. I've uh, tried doing a lot on my own. I think I'm, like, inviting him in. But <laughs> he's like, wait. <laughs> Let me help you. you open the door. Let me in. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think that one, I was about, I think I was, like, 13 when I started really being like, I don't like this family. Like, I don't feel connected. Mm. I had an aunt from my first family that I'm actually still very connected with. And she was my guardian angel. I actually Mm. tell her that. Um, And so God definitely placed people in my life to protect me because the abuse would stop when they were around. And I was telling her recently that all my good memories is when they're around. Mm. Um, and that brings up my second point that I think a lot of people struggle with is like, even with like um, the abuse and stuff, I do have to mention I've had pretty amazing opportunities still with the first family. Like somehow I got involved with horses and mm. I was able to swim and I had, I had these breaks. And so it wasn't like mm. constant, constant abuse, but it was, it was a lot. I just, thought I was normal and so that was a huge thing for me to figure out how to balance how some of the good covers all the bad that happened right um because it it doesn't that's a gift from God right it's like okay you take those tender mercies and those tender moments and that's what you've got to focus on because at the time when this is all happening I didn't know God either right I uh I remember being I was five and I got hit really bad and, um, you know, like slammed on the floor and stuff like that. And then sent to my room and I was like crying. And I remember talking to someone and I remember being like, well, this sucks and like stuff like that. And it was very interesting because now knowing what I know, it was the Holy Ghost talking to me. I think I didn't hear like an audible voice, but I felt like a comfort. Right. And um, that's how I like, I have such a strong testimony that these kids <laughs> that are going through it right now are being protected by angels and the Holy Spirit. And like, they will be healed, if not on this life, then when they get up to right. heaven, because there's no way I should be as stable and steady as I am, because I still have my moments, right. <laughs> because of the healing that took place in those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also like a lot of people I think when they're a year or you know for me I've even with my second family um, I have even a harder time with this next concept that I'm going to bring up because I've had such sacred moments with them but the bad was still so bad that I didn't have self-worth I thought that 
I was stupid the way that they treated me, even though they might have not. The communication just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my biggest things is time spells love. You got to sacrifice your time so people can feel that you love them. And that hap- that didn't happen in like all of my families. And I remember just even recently, I'm like, what is it about me that people won't spend time with me? Is it because I'm not loud and crazy? Because I'm quiet. I'm very reserved. And so, anyways, with all these things, I've had the best moments, like, for the, the Latter-day Saints people with the temples and stuff. I've had some of my best moments with them. But also, that family left. Like, they're not, they, I don't even know what they believe anymore. Cut kind of ties and everything. It was really hard because I was like, even that is tainted for me. Like, what is good? Like, I remember just all of these milestones in my life. I'm like, what do I have tangible right now that's still good? Mm-hmm. And um, like you said in the beginning, it's always comes back to the Savior and Heavenly Father. Um, and it's like, <laughs> it's a very humbling thing to admit um, because... Uh, I think a lot of people try to turn to worldly things to try to heal and medicate this stuff. But, like, I think you need all of it. You need some of the worldly. You need some of mostly, like, the spiritual side and, like, Mm -hmm. the emotional healing that they can offer. And so it was interesting because this is actually my third point was, like, how does forgiveness, mercy, and boundaries all tie together? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that are in their healing journey struggle with that of like, how do you keep a healthy boundary? Mm-hmm. Have mercy for those people because then you finally know that that was wrong, that they took away your innocence. And how do you forgive them? Like, what does forgiveness look like? Because I'm right. a very like literal person. Like, And so it's interesting because I don't have all those answers. But that's where I've definitely... Um, you have to rely on the Savior to help you teach, help you learn those principles because I definitely think that I remember the day I had to leave that first home. There's no way I could have done that. Like It was such a spiritual moment for me that uh, I, I journaled it and I could share more, but I don't know what's going on, so yeah. I'm going to try to keep it shorter, but those are the three things that I think should be talked about a lot more. And I have more to say about it, but I know that a lot of people probably struggle with that because I have. Right. right. I love what you said. And I want to just point this out really quickly. And then I want to get to your finding your birth family, because yeah. I think that's so, so vital. And we'll go with that in just a moment. But I love what you said that in your darkest times, when you're sitting in there wondering what in the, what just happened to me, why is this happening? Why am I why am I being hurt? Why am I being abused like this? You had that peace, and that, like you said, you can be in a world of in a room of hundreds of people, but that peace is between you and God and the Holy Ghost, and He will always be with us if we're willing to let Him in. And I love that you said that because there's a lot of people that are feeling very, very, very lonely right now. Even the groups of people of masses of people are feeling very lonely and people that are very alone are feeling very lonely and they need to be able to reach out to God because God will never 
leave us. He knows us by name. Every one of us, we're his children. I was going to say too, sorry, because I feel like I've really experienced this recently. I mean, like today, you know, like I'm struggling. That's like my biggest struggle right now is loneliness. Right. And um, even like no matter what you do, I have a really good uh, friend in my life and he, he curses. He knows he's, he's not the greatest Christian or Latter-day Saint out there, but he knows that like God still loves him and a savior. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to put that out there. It doesn't matter your past. Like it doesn't matter like who you are because your worth is always the same in God's eyes and the saviors like it doesn't change mm-hmm. so that's so beautiful thank you so much so let's let's yeah. fast forward on how you got connected with tim ballard how you got to meet your your birth family you know and being a mother of three adopted children myself i i know what that was like because i got to meet the, most of their families and and I just want to, I want to hear your story of how that all transpired and how you, how you had to have even felt during, during all of that. Oh, yeah. Um, I was actually just reflecting on that. It's already been, uh, this November, it'll be two years. Mm. And so it's kind of crazy how fast that happened. But um, anyways, I was living with some friends down in St. George. I broke my ribs and they were like, you're not living on your own because it's a really bad break. And so kind of reluctantly went in. But anyways, through time, obviously being so broken, I couldn't really do much. So girls talk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of got talking. She's like, uh, my one friend, she's like, you should probably try to find your family. I'm like, oh, I tried. It's not, it's not possible. And that's actually like a scripture that I read today which I think is like the biggest message that I do want to share through my story is that the impossible things are really made possible through Christ. And um, I anyways, I, I had that thought, like I didn't believe that he could bring my family together. Like I will mm-hmm. admit that. <laughs> and anyways, through a lot of uh, doubt and stubbornness and a lot of these negative emotions that I was feeling was because I was scared. I think sure. I'm still scared in ways because I've met my birth family. But uh, anyways, we reached out to a group on Facebook and I don't know what's going on with them. So I'm not going to mention names, but it's, it's very intense, high work, anything that you do with Romania. So the fact that I pointed that out, it's, I have no idea what it's going to do, but um, it's, it's hard. It's hard stuff. And uh, the government over there is, it runs very differently it's a lot more severe and in your face than Mm. over here but anyways that group does amazing stuff they help reunite birth families together and help them release find them that's actually what they do they just are the inner peace and so i told them i don't really have much information i remember saying i don't even know if my birthday is right because i had that feeling i didn't have that confirmed until after i met my birth family Mm -hmm. And so I uh, met them and talked to them at once. And they're like, well, do you know your last name? And I was like, it's Barbu. And they're like, oh, perfect. There's one Barbu family in this southern part of Romania. We'll hook you up. And I was like, what? Uh. <laughs> what? Like 25 years of like trying. I couldn't even this? imagine what you were going through. 
yeah like it was that easy like the conversation was like not even two minutes long and then they're like okay yeah we found your brother he's on facebook i'm pretty sure this is your brother and uh yep it's my brother he's really cool and uh it was so crazy because i remember like uh almost i think i was hyperventilating i don't know really what it looks like because right. i don't like experience <laughs> but you that. were doing something <laughs> yeah and like my body was shaking we were trying to uh connect but the connection wasn't good and i actually like the opposition that comes before good things is all absolutely good. i remember i had this weird face rash that wouldn't go away plus my broken broken ribs mm. and like i tried everything like i do a lot of holistic health stuff so we even get to talk about yeah. that but it yeah. was Next show. Next show. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so crazy because uh, it happened so fast. Literally, as soon as I finally was trying to have a desire to meet them, because I didn't really, everyone yeah. was telling me what I should. And I was like, what? I, I do. But that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, it was pretty cool because then, um, kind of fast forward through some hiccups and stuff. I finally got to see my birth mother's face or no, I got to hear her mm-hmm. and she got on the phone and uh, I have the recording because I knew that would be a forever thing. Like my great grandkids are going to know about that first call. Right. Um, but uh, it was crazy. We just cried. We literally just cried. And I just cried because I was like, that's my mother, my mother's voice. That's the one that carried me, and she made it. And I didn't even know her story, but I knew yeah. I had a feeling that it was hard, really mm-hmm. hard. And um, as a mother, I couldn't even imagine what she had gone through. I, uh, it's just yeah. I'm, I've got it's goosebumps kinda, and tears right now. Yeah, it was. Um, we, man, I I was I couldn't speak. I had a Italian translator actually, because now they live in Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I don't like Romania right now. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we should go there and travel, you know. But like, I personally just don't like it. And um, anyways, it was crazy because I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, "Hello," because <laughs> yeah. I was like, "How are you?" Like, I yeah, when she thought you were dead and you didn't yeah, know what happened yeah. to her, I couldn't even imagine. And I wow. think, I mean, as she told me after lots of conversations, she was like, "My." Her brother had just died when literally like days before my birth and then she had me die. And so I was like, gosh, those family connections over there, like culture is so like they want to live together. They don't want to kick their kids out. Like Mm -hmm. Americans were very independent that way. They're still independent, but their family core is very different. Like um, different cultures have that, like the great, the great, sometimes but like the grandparents the parents and the children all live together and raise their families together like right. that's that's a healthy family to them mm-hmm. like i remember then after my mom we during that first phone call was like crying her eyes out and then my dad he actually answered first no mm. my brother and i was like who the heck is this is like a very low like eastern man's voice i was like yeah I didn't know his family. He like, creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> man, he sounds like a man. He's only he was only eighteen, but he just was so like developed. His voice was so low. 
And it was crazy because then my dad gets down and he's like, see, three questions he asked. He's like, hi, are you happy? Are you married? And, uh, like, are you safe? Oh, and interesting. He needed to know that. You know, there, there was emotion. You can tell he's a very humble, connected to God man, spiritual man. And, but he had to know that. And it was really funny because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not married. <laughs> like, it felt like I was, oh, it felt like um, I was, like, letting them down because I, mm. I wasn't married. But it was just, it was funny because we laughed about it. But later on, I was like, geez, like, we probably, the greatest gift for them, I think, is will be the first day I have, like, when I have my first child, the day they get to see him. But, um also that I'm alive but it was pretty cool that you're alive you're alive yeah. I mean <laughs> you know to yeah. think that you're you were dead for all those years and here you're alive okay we got just a few minutes I want to fast forward to that first meeting yeah so we Tim Ballard a couple phone calls literally was like he's like yep we're coming down things happen so fast with these groups because they have to they're used right. to that I wasn't like it took years for this to happen kind of like but anyways tim came down did an interview and then i was like yeah my family's in italy he's like can we come with you guys like and i was like oh my gosh because i had, i've studied human trafficking before i knew i was like a human trafficking survivor right. but i had like feelings you know and then um yeah he came with and i was so grateful he came with because i knew i was going to be safe that was my biggest fear because I didn't right. know these people. Like, I was like, oh, I have this emotional side. Sure. And then I had, well, I have no idea what they do. Like, what if they're really, like, those bad stealing gypsies? Because <laughs> I saw that a lot over there. It was, we got mugged, you know? It was crazy. <laughs> and I can't I even actually, imagine those emotions going through. <laughs> what am I getting into? Yeah. And well, we got to speed this up because we've only got a couple minutes. So I, I want to hear the rest yeah. of the story. <laughs> and basically, it was uh, when she walked have them maybe link the video so they can see it. But when I walked, they walked across that corner in Italy, this huge hotel. I remember just uh, being like, whoa, she's old looking. <laughs> it has been 25 years, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, this, the age on her face and the, yeah. the hard work, I think that's what I felt more. Yeah. And then I was like, this is my mom. Like she's, uh, she's built a little bigger than me. Not like fat, you know what I mean? But yeah. like her bones are bigger than mine, which was cool because I thought I had no idea. And um, I just remember hugging her and I I kind of like blacked out. <laughs> like I can't remember some of it. Like I probably can. Sure. But it, it was, uh, it felt like everything that I went through in my life finally was worth it. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> we will link that video on the show as well because it is so tender. And when you hug your dad and when that family picture for the first time with your family over there was just, and I know there's all sorts of challenges that come with that as well. Things that you're working through, things that they're working through. I mean, I can't even imagine your whole world just being imploded with what you thought you knew. Yeah, just just being <laughs> it's just amazing. But we are almost out of time. So I want to if there's something you want to just leave with our listeners, um, just really quickly, I would love to hear your final 
final whatever you'd like to tell our listeners. Um, well, thank you for giving us the time and following Stephanie. Um, I think the biggest thing is hang on. Keep on waking up every day and uh, just pray. If you've never prayed before, just start talking. You might feel crazy, but just start. And uh, if you think there's nowhere to go, there's always something. It's great. I don't know how it's going to pop up, but it's going to pop up somehow. Yeah. Get on your knees and ask and it will show itself, right? Yeah. I mean, I just thank you so much, Belle. You are an absolute inspiration. And we'll keep you guys informed of what she's doing. We didn't even get a chance to go there, but she's got so much (laughs) she's got going. Um, And hopefully we can be a little part of that in helping so many other people that are out there that have gone through this or going through this or don't know where to turn. And thank you so much for being brave and for standing up and just going, I'm going to tell my story because somebody out there needs to hear it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We're looking forward to a great long relationship with you. And here I've got tears rolling down on my face because that's what I do. Anyway, thank you, Belle. Appreciate you so much. And everybody have a beautiful Happy day and hug and love your kids. Hug and love your family. They are so very important. Even the ones that you think you might want to just, you know, but you love them all. <laughs> Thank you so much and have a very beautiful day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 